0: At loveisrael.org. That's one word loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: There is a consistency with God. We can depend upon the Word of God. God will do exactly as His Word reveals. And if we are individuals that want to be thought of as faithful, We are going to take hold of his word, both his written word and his personal word to us. That is his plan, his purposes for our life. And we're going to submit to these things joyfully and also confidently that they are the very best for us. Knowing that God loves us, he demonstrated that love, and whatever he would have us to do, whatever experience that he would have us to go through, it is proper to submit to these things. We will never have any regret. We will never be disappointed when we say yes to God. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to 2 Timothy and Chapter 1. Second Timothy and Chapter 1. Now we saw that Paul spoke about the call in his life and we're going to see that twice he speaks about that which has been deposited to him and i believe that it is a reference to the call that god has upon his life and paul's going to show us in these words and he's teaching this truth to timothy that timothy likewise might be a man who submits to god's call walking in his will for his life so let me answer a question and that is are you confident that you are walking living in god's will that you are behaving today right now in the decisions that you are making the things that you're doing the plans that that you are planning are indeed are you confident this is god's purposes for my life we need to be people that are listening to God, coming before him submissively. And if we do, he will indeed guide us, instruct us. He will give us revelation, revelation to be individuals that behave with discernment, who makes wise decisions and the plans. We're not going to regret, but we're going to see them as God's will for our life. So let's begin We left off with verse 11. I want to go back there because it is foundational for understanding what Paul is going to share with Timothy in this section. So look with me to verse verse 11. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11 where he says, For whom I have been appointed. Now Paul knows that, that God has placed him. In a a place in his life where there's purpose, there is a call. And he says, for which I have been appointed, appointed a preacher or a proclaimer, however you translate this word, and an apostle, and a teacher. And if you have the Texas Receptus, a teacher of the nations. And we mentioned last week how Paul understood israel's call to be a blessing to the nations a source of revelation a source of truth for the nations and paul is living that out individually so he says these things i have been appointed to do to be a preacher an apostle and a teacher unto the nations and then verse 12 he says on account of this reason because of in other words the call in his life because of this reason and these things these things that that paul is suffering now we need to underscore that paul he is confident we're going to see this in a moment he is confident that what he's going through what he's doing with his life is god's will And if that means that he suffers, so be it. And let me just point out that we are called to suffer for our faith. We saw last week, and I'll go back to to the verse. If you look carefully at at a specific verse, you see something. You see that Paul is telling us, and I'm speaking about the end of of verse 8, where he speaks about, but suffering is evil together for the gospel according to the power of god and we mentioned god knows that we're going to suffer and we're going to suffer at the hands of the enemy meaning they're going to do evil things now in one sense it's not god's will for us to receive these things meaning this god did not tell them invite them commission them to do these bad things to us did that capture god by surprise It did not, but it's not his will, but doing the will of God, being obedient for his personal plan for my life, his personal plan for your life, it it means that we're going to experience hardship, trials, tribulation in this world. In other words, we're going to suffer that which is evil, and we're going to do it together, meaning this, we all have that, that same experience to some degree or another. So Paul says, this is for the sake of the gospel. He understands that for the gospel, he has been saved. He, on that road to Damascus, when Messiah appeared to him and set him apart for the gospel, Paul understood. This is going to mean that I am going to suffer. And therefore, he says, let's go back to our verse, verse 12, where he says, on account of this reason, and these things he says i suffer but despite the suffering and the context and we'll see a a hint of this in a moment paul has spent much time in prison if if you would just look at paul from the standpoint of the community that he was was living in and serving in and such the places that he would go paul would be thought of by many people as simply a common criminal. There's that Paul again. Yeah, we see that he's going to say things and do things that that the empire doesn't like. He's gonna keep doing them and finding himself in prison. But Paul says in this passage, look at it, he says, even though these things I suffer, he says, but I am not ashamed. Why? Now, this is this confidence that he has And what we're going to see is that he's had this confidence in the past. He has it now and nothing's going to change. Why do I say that? Well, look at this next phrase. He says, for I know whom I have believed. Now, unless you pay attention to the grammar, you're going to miss out on a very important nuance that Paul brings to this text. Because when he says, I know whom I have believed, We just think well he's believed in him in the past but this this tense means that paul has believed on him in the past he does right now and here's the key nothing's going to change in the future paul's faith is secure it is not going to alter it's not going to change paul's not going to one day say i don't believe in him anymore That is not something that someone who has experienced Messiah in their life can ever say. So we look, and he says, For I know whom I believed in that perfect tense, and I am persuaded. And likewise, when he says, I am persuaded, this word as well is in that same construction, the perfect tense. So he was persuaded. He still is, and he will continue to be persuaded by these things. And what is that? Primarily based upon context that Paul is assured, he is confident, he has been persuaded concerning that call in his life. Now, when you understand God's call for you, you are just going to to feel content in it, even as we see with Paul, that means suffering. Another good example of that is the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he says, enough. Every time I I say these words, something bad happens to me. The people don't accept them. The people don't like them, and they take out their anger, this their displeasure with my prophecy, upon me. So he says, Jeremiah says, one day I'm done. I'm not prophesying anymore. And what does he say? that word became like a fire within him that he had to to act upon let out and that's what i'm sharing with you paul knew that same thing so when you are walking in your call in god's will for your life there is going to be a peace and a contentment even though as paul says here these things i'm suffering because of this call but in actuality we have no choice because that call is what we're going to 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 do regardless of the consequences that's what he's saying again for i know whom i have believed and i am persuaded that he is able now this is this consistency that paul understands concerning god when is god able Always is he able. Is there any time when God's unable to carry out what he's promised? No, there is not. And that all gives us, it all gives us assurance. It speaks about what I've spoke of earlier, and that is that consistency with God. God is there. He is going to be that, that rock for our salvation. He will be that provision. He will be that source of illumination. God, we can depend upon him. So he says, For I know whom I believed and persuaded that that he is able. And then he says, and most Bibles rendered this as a verb, but it's not a verb, it's a noun. And he says, I know that, keep reading, he says, I know that he is able to do something, to keep My deposit. Now, this word deposit or charge, it's a reference to the call that Paul has received. And he's saying this, I know that God is able to keep, keep me in order that this purpose, this plan, this charge, what I have received, what he's deposited to me, this call upon my life that that I'm going to carry out. And this is something that we should also affirm, that we should have assurance concerning God. We know the scripture says the good work that he's began in us, he's faithful to complete, and he is indeed faithful. And this call that we have, those purposes, if we submit, if we trust, we walk in that faith, we, we, we act being persuaded by God 's instructions and the revelation of God, who He is that tells us what we should do, we are going to know that He is able to keep that that charge, what He says, my charge, what, what has been deposited to me when in that day. now, in that day, usually is an expression when we see it in the Old Testament, beyom hahu in that day is usually a reference to judgment and what is paul saying he says this god has given me a charge he has deposited to me a call on my life and god's faithful he is going to keep me in this this purpose he's going to bring me through and deliver me from all these obstacles all this opposition that that i'll face all this suffering i'm going through i will overcome it i am not going to allow it to push me back to defeat me to discourage me to cause me to to give up on this no he says god he is able and he is going to keep in that day and judgment day why is he bringing this up because he's speaking about judgment day perhaps in a different way than you're thinking we're going to have there's a judgment day for all believers we know paul tells the corinthians that that we all must appear before the bema seat that is the judgment seat of messiah now for us it's not where we're going to spend eternity that's already been decided when was it decided the moment that you've accepted the gospel so i am secure eternally in where i'm going to be forever and ever where is that ultimately in the kingdom of god but then there's a second aspect to eternity for me and for you for every believer and that is that god's going to judge our our faithfulness to the charge that call of our life and to the degree that we have submitted that we've obeyed that we've carried out that we've walked in his will his will for our life, there's going to be a reward. And what he's saying here is I'm confident, I have assurance that he's able to keep, to keep me in order that I faithfully carry out the charge that he has given to me this call upon my life that I'll hear those words, this is what Paul's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. To be a man of God, to be a woman of God that, that lives in a way, here's a key, that is pleasing to God. Now, if you're not walking in his will for your life, you're not pleasing him. You're disappointing, you are, are doing that, which God is not approving. Therefore, notice what he says, look now to verse 13. He says basically, hold an example hold an example meaning you be that example you demonstrate that example of what well uses uh, a phrase which means that which is healthy that which is what it's supposed to be that which is meeting god's expectations so he says hold fast an example of of healthy words which from me you have heard so am i walking demonstrating this healthy revelation these good words proper words that god has given to us that we've heard from paul that we've read in his word and what is that going to produce in our life well notice it says in faith and also in love in love And in Messiah sure now faith has to do with a commitment when you say I have faith in the gospel you're committing to it when you have faith in God you are committing to him so he says faith and then it says also in love now if you come from a, a background that is is Torah observant you're going to know a lot about the Torah that is the commandments of God those 613 commandments we find in the first five books of the Bible and what we know here is that that these commandments the Torah they are rooted in love you do these things because you have love for God or love for your neighbor so all the Torah commandments They are related to love. And what he's saying here, what he says, faith, in faith and in love. That faith is going to cause you to live in a way that demonstrates the the righteousness of the law. Not according to necessarily that word, but the spirit, the intent of that commandment. And there's going to be, and this is a, a, a big takeaway, as I do These commandments, walking in love, meaning demonstrating my commitment and love for God and my love and commitment for others. When I do that, this is when, and we talked about this last week, this is when God's revelation will be the clearest, the loudest, and we'll understand more and more about God's will for our life. So we're supposed to be that example of of healthy words healthy words that paul has has spoken he says which from me you have heard in faith and love and in messiah yeshua verse 14. now in verse 14 he's going to use that same word that that relates to a call that is what is deposited to and in one individual a believer that charge. Now, in the Texas receptus, there's a similar, the same root, but it's formed differently. In Nestle Allen, it's identical to the word that we talked about earlier, this charge, that which is entrusted or deposited from God into our life, that call upon our life. So notice what he says here. The good deposit that good charge that call in other words he says keep so what god has given us to do what he has entrusted to us see think of it this way he is the master we are his servant god gives us an order a charge a a call upon our life and he says here it is a good one why it's in accordance with god's will So this good depositing, this good call upon our life, he says, keep this guarded. In other words, you take this seriously and you carry it out in your life. Now, the question is, how? Well, he tells us. He says, keep reading in verse 14, through the Holy Spirit, whom dwells in you. That is in the present, why? Why? Well, sometimes the present tense is used to show consistency. So the Holy Spirit, He is dwelling in us consistently. And He's there to assist us, empower us, help us. The scripture calls Him the helper. He's there to help us carry out God's charge, His call upon our life. So that's how we do it. But we have to have, and this word begins... When he says, you know, hold fast, how does he put it in verse 14? He says, the good call you keep, you guard it. And that says it's something precious, it's something important. And here's the key it is only when I am walking in obedience to God's call in my life that God's provision, His power, His perspective, all this that we need to be a faithful servant will be given to us but we have to be walking in his purpose his purpose for our life and let me tell you we all know the verse that speaks about uh contentment paul says i know the secret of being content when in all circumstances paul speaks about that peace that passes all understanding and let me assure, assure to you that, that this peace, this contentment, also joy, is only found in that, that charge, that which God has deposited to us, his call upon our life. It's good in the sense that it's going to bring us into not just doing God's will, but here's the key, receiving his will for our life. And what is that Will his blessings, his promises, those good things. Now move on to verse 15. He's going to talk about the fact that that although he doesn't turn away, there are others who unfortunately do so. And their lack of faithfulness does not cause us to change, to do something different to become discouraged, to give up, to 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 have despair. He says, you know this. Now, Paul is affirming something. He says, I'm going to keep that call upon my life, that good call that God has given to me. I have believed in him. I have been persuaded by him, and nothing's going to turn me away from this, even though he says, you know this, that they have turned away from me who's turned away from paul all the ones in asia and then he he speaks out to individuals now they're only mentioned here what we can assume about them is that they they are believers part of of some congregation in asia and they they turned against paul and this would be the man by the name of of figelus and then also another man hermogenes so these two individuals figelus and hermogenes these two individuals we know nothing about them other than they turned against they turned away from paul and perhaps they led others to do the same verse 16 what can we expect in those times we can expect god to move how he says the lord he shall give mercy may the lord give mercy to the house of onisiphorus now the household of this individual Onisiphoros apparently this is a home congregation Maybe referring to a, a family or a congregation in this family's home, but he says, God, and the implication is this. There have been all these individuals in Asia that's turned away, namely these two individuals. But apparently this household, this family, here again, they are, are called by the name, Oni si foros these individuals have not. And perhaps it's it's not easy being being with Paul. And therefore he says God will grant to this family, he will grant mercy. Why? Well, why is he praying? Why is he saying this? Because many times he says that that he has refreshed, renewed however you translate this word, it means literally to to lift up someone's soul so that he has, has refreshed me. And the chain, meaning this, my chain, and this is a reference to, and I mentioned this earlier that we would come to this, Paul is frequently in prison. When he speaks about chain. This is what he's referring to, being changed, chained to some prison cell, likely in some dungeon, as, as frequently was the case. So Paul says, look again, this one has, has refreshed me, and also my chain he was not ashamed of. So the fact that for many Paul was an outcast, he was thought of as a common criminal, someone that was, was problematic among the, the Roman Empire. And this could put you in great jeopardy, associating with, supporting, being with, agreeing with. But apparently this family, here again, they are called Foros. This family remained faithful. They were the exception to the rule in this location. And Paul says, despite this, God, God will grant to this family, this household, mercy. And then secondly, he says, then not being ashamed of, of my imprisonment, look now to verse 17. But arriving in Rome. So apparently, we see that that this one probably the leader of the family he was arriving in rome and what did he do now it could be but but paul arriving in rome being there it says this one this one by the name of onisiphoros he and this is a word which means to do something with urgency now sometimes in fact most of the time it appears in the bible It appears with something that that is done hastily quickly we hear hastily and we think sometimes uh rashly that that it was not given thought to and such this is not the case in this context paul is is lauding this individual lifting him up and he said that he quickly that he with speed hastily sought me and found meaning this he arrived in Rome and with with urgency with diligence he wanted to find Paul he sought him and he found him and this is simply saying the type of individual he is Paul what was he an outcast a common criminal oftentimes being in prison And what did this one do? He went right there, didn't care what might happen to him, what others might think that he was associating with this Paul. See, we hear Paul in one way, but if you were alive nearly 2,000 years ago, you would hear Paul being referred to by his his fellow Jews, the majority, and also by, by the majority of Gentiles as a troublemaker, as someone who was not loyal to the government that was disobedient, and that's why he was so frequently in prison. So it says here that that after arriving in Rome, he hastily sought me and found, the implication is found me. Now look at verse 18, our last verse. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord In that day now this is the second time we've had that expression in that day and this is why we need to be an individual that lives with a a consciousness of judgment now here again for the believer I'm not talking about judgment in the sense of God's God's wrath why the scripture says love this verse 1 Thessalonians 5.9, God has not appointed you, meaning believers, you and me. He has not appointed to experience wrath, but to obtain, meaning receive, the outcome of salvation. And what is that? Victory. A kingdom victory. So when he says here in this passage about uh, finding mercy in, in the day, in that day, he's speaking about, that God is going to grant us mercy. Now, mercy, we need to understand it in the biblical sense. Mercy can involve forgiveness, but, but mercy also has to do with behaving in, in someone's best interest. This is how Paul's using that term. And let me give you an example. Of course, this is Greek, but I want to give you an example from the Hebrew language. I've shared this before. Hopefully it's familiar to most of you. But the word mercy in Hebrew is the word rachamim. It comes from, and it's in the plural, why God's mercy is abundant. So, rachamim, abundant mercy. It's in the plural. If we look at this word, the root, in the singular, rachem, it can also be used for not uh, less mercy, but simply the hebrew term for a womb like a woman who's carrying a child and what's the relationship between the term womb a mother's womb and mercy well the womb is going to do everything for the baby's best interests. if that baby is cold that womb is going to send a message to the brain give me the heat of the body this baby needs to get warm if the baby is 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 hot just the opposite that womb is going to tell the brain and the cooling efforts are going to be focused in on that baby the womb senses the well-being or the lack of well-being for that baby and tells the brain respond so the womb does what's best for the baby what paul is saying is this god when you are in his will carrying out the call that he has upon your life you can be assured of something that god is going to be merciful that is he's going to act in your best interests your best kingdom interests how you are going to to be rewarded how god is going to act forever and ever to you because you were faithful so look again it says here verse 18 the Lord shall grant to him to find mercy from the Lord in that day. And he's speaking about this same individual, foros, And he says concerning him also, how much in Ephesus he ministered. Now, the implication is this one was constantly doing ministry. Ministering to Paul and ministering to others. So he says, and he makes it personal here, he says, and how much in emphasis he ministered. He says, very well, you know this. Wouldn't it be great to have a reputation like this? That someone would say about you you know this and you fill in your name that that this one is such a blessing that this one really helped me assisted me minister to me in a difficult time that is the type of testimony that we want others to say about us that we were used by god to be a blessing and the only way that you're going to hear that ever is if you say to god god i want to obey your plan for my life i want to to be faithful to that charge what you entrust to me i want to carry it out i want to guard it i'm going to do it and the whole motivation i have for that is that i want to be a blessing to others i want to bring glory to you I want to be someone that you are well pleased with. I want a reputation that I am a servant of God. Now I'm going to close with this, and that is this. You recall how we began. Tfilah Moshe. Tfilah le Moshe Ish ha Elohim. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. And what we should be concerned with above all things, that we should be thought of by God as a man of God, as a woman of God. That is our objective. And let me say this, that when you are passionate about that and your life, when you understand this is what God has given me to do, this is his will, this is what he's entrusted to me, this charge, this call on my life. When you understand that and you walk in obedience to it, I can assure you, You're going to have that peace. There's going to be joy. There's going to be contentment, regardless of of how others respond to what you're doing, whether they oppose you, whether they are, are enemies towards you. Makes no difference. Because you're going to have that assurance, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what Messiah's blood has saved me to do. See, his blood saves us not just for eternity, that's part of it, it's a wonderful part of it, the greatest part of it. But he's also saved us, redeemed us, purchased us, so that we can carry out God's will in our life. And if you're not committed to that, and what a shameful thing it would be to complete your life, get to the point when you know death is near... And be doubtful. You know, did, did my life really amount to something? Did I do what God would have had me to do? Or have I wasted so much time? Even if you just have a few days left, make them count. Come before God, pray to Him, God, I've learned my error. I, I acknowledge my selfishness, my indifference, I was casual, careless with with what I should be doing, but but whatever time I have, whatever ability that that I may have left, I want to use it for your glory. I want to be your vessel in this world. God will rejoice of that. He will be faithful to you. Finish well. Finish your life in a way that you have, even as just one day, a testimony that day, that you walked in obedience to the living God. You'll never regret obeying God's plan for your life. Well, stop with that. Until next week, Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org.